I start and also other experts who are not me advise with doing the hot soapy water clean down, like wiping down all the outsides of cabinets, counters, backsplashes, and appliances as like your very first step with a big emphasis on starting from the top down. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, this is Megan. And this is Stacy. If you'd like to support Didn't I Just Feed You, you can subscribe to our bonus episode feed on Apple Podcasts or join our super fan supporting membership. All you have to do to learn all the details on that is go to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And actually, if you don't want to be a super fan, there are other options as well at all different price points. But if financial support of the podcast isn't in the budget for you right now, that is absolutely fine. We just want you to listen. And also maybe you can show your support by sharing your favorite episode with a friend, leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen. That stuff makes us happy too and supports the show. Oh, we love it. I love how happy it makes us. Hey, this week's episode is about spring cleaning your kitchen because after months of heavy use of that deep kind of winter cooking, the hardest working place in your house likely needs a thorough cleaning. Uh, But hopefully, unlike the last cleaning episode we did where we got a little off the rails about our own cleaning habits, we're going to talk about small practical projects that make kitchen life easier or faster. Wait, Megan, you went back and you reviewed or do you just have strong memories of our last I just last have episode? a strong Wait, tell memory. Me, remind me? Remember we were like, oh, we're going to do an episode about cleaning. And then we basically described our like control freak, not quite OCD because neither of us are diagnosed, but our very like patriarchal white supremacy influenced view on cleaning. <laughs> Oh my God. I don't remember this, but it sounds like then us. We recorded it and then we were like, I think we might have like not been our best selves and been like as inclusive as we typically are. And so we recorded a bonus episode that was sort of like us re-listening to it and being like, oh yeah, I can see how the idea that like having a clean house makes me m- the idea I want to remember now. This is an Mm -hmm. idea that like that makes me more virtuous. Or you talk about like coming from an immigrant background and like how being clean was so important because it made you less othered or it made you like a good air quotes, a good. Yeah, that's how my grandma felt. Yeah, you had to do that or else you felt like you were going to be rejected here because you were dirty. Yeah. So I hope this episode can be more like brass tacks. I think we're also coming at it from the lens, our changed lens, since we we've talked with more folks about like neurodiversity and like we talked to Casey Davis specifically about um, how she functions as an ADHD parent. And then I've also listened to her book about how to keep house while drowning. So all that to say like a caveat of we're going to we're going to share like what is considered the expert advice about how to clean spring clean your kitchen but like a reminder that you don't actually have to do any of it you can do what suits you and what makes your kitchen actually functional for you rather than worrying about your kitchen being spotless i think that's a really excellent place to start because Cleaning does bring up a lot of stuff, right? And it means different things to different people. So when you start to define what cleaning your kitchen and organizing your kitchen should be, it leaves a lot of people behind. It uh, does. Who don't have the same sort of lines or frames of reference as you. It also just doesn't function the same for everybody. So I do think it's important to reset your kitchen every once in a while just in terms of making it work for you. Like that's the goal. It's not to make it clean or neat or rainbow organized or. Unless you you want it to be rainbow organized. Totally. But like that isn't the point. The point is for you to identify when do I feel best cooking? When is it easiest? When do I feel like my kitchen is working for me? And what about that can you identify and then implement in a more systematic way, if possible, 
you know, it's not always possible, but setting yourself up to succeed is basically the point here. Yeah. Removing pain points, removing some distractions. And I, I would, I'm going to be honest right now and say my kitchen is a little bit of a hot mess. So like I need this episode and I mean a hot mess in the, the idea that like when I get into my kitchen, sometimes it's hard to get the motivation up to cook because I see the things that I would like to clean, like our kitchen cabinets and our kitchen backsplash probably haven't been wiped down in a year. And so I see the like little bits of grease and things. And it's not that I feel like, oh, I have to clean that because someone's going to come into my house and judge me. It's like, I want to clean that because I like being in my kitchen space and I want to feel like it's nice and and kept well. Is it distracting? It is distracting. So then yeah. I'm like distracted by that. I get that. Or my pantry really needs me to just even spend 10 minutes, not even pull, not even doing a deep clean, not even a full pull out of like all the ingredients, which, which some people will recommend, but like just rearranging a couple things so that I can actually assess what pasta shapes I have in there right now, because I don't know. And then when I need pasta, I'm like, I don't want to cook that because it's going to take me 10 minutes to like get in there and figure out what pasta I actually have. Totally. I'm curious, how does your kitchen feel right now? And like, what are some of your personal pain points? So I've been reflecting on the fact that when we're at our house upstate, where the kitchen is much more suburban scaled, like it's bigger and there's just much more space. It also has windows that look outside. It has a lot of natural light. My home in Brooklyn, it's just a smaller kitchen because it's a city kitchen. And also the way that the floor is organized, we live in a brownstone. So there are windows in the front of the building, there are windows in the back of the building, and brownstones are kind of narrow. They're row houses. So when we designed this floor, we put the kitchen in the middle thinking that that was kind of the center, the hub of the floor. And that worked for us for a really long time because there are kind of these islands. They're not because they're attached on one wall where I could be in the kitchen doing things and I could easily see and engage with anybody in the living room on one side and the dining room on the other side. And when we, I had small kids, that was great. They could be playing in the living room. They could be doing homework on the dining room table. And I had like, I could see and engage with everybody. It does not get natural light though, because it's in that middle space. I mean, it does because brownstones are, but it's very relatively like small diffused speaking. at that point. Cause it's coming from like the di- the outside the dining room or Correct. outside the living room. Yeah. So when I'm upstate, even when I am exhausted, even when I don't feel like cooking, Even when we've gone up just for a weekend and I've dragged the dregs of my grocery from the week up and then I'm like, I'm not going to the supermarket, but I'm working with a really limited set of ingredients. I still have I enjoy cooking so, so, so much more. And what I've realized that a lot of it is the natural light. I can do nothing really about this. Exactly. We'll talk about that in a second. And also just space. So I've been thinking about how I can create space in my kitchen in Brooklyn by just like, yes, it's convenient to have a toaster right there and ready to go. But is this the appliance that I want here? What happens if I take away the toaster? My high speed blender is on the counter. What if I take that down? So I'm playing with the what kind of compromises I have to make between space and the convenience of having everything out on the countertops. Because I'm wondering if I can just create more openness, if I will enjoy myself more. So I'm a little bit in the beginning stages of an experiment and also playing with our kitchen lighting so that I can get the lighting right. I think it's very interesting because previously we would have said, oh, Stacy's the maximalist and I'm the minimalist, which doesn't really matter for what I'm about to say. But like having you say, oh, I think maybe I need less stuff out in order to enjoy my cooking space is very much how I how I identify as a minimalist. And like it's interesting 
to hear you say, oh, maybe this instance, I need a little bit less maximalist and a little more yeah. minimalist in my life. I still life. like having all the things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I still like having them. They just don't have I to don't be an eyeliner. counter. Yes. Totally. Yes. Totally. So it's okay. It's just I have really different experiences when I cook upstate than when I cook in Brooklyn. I think that's pretty natural and normal, too. Like, I feel that way even if we go to a vacation rental. There's something about being in a different space that it doesn't feel like such drudgery in some in some regards. Yeah. So I also want, like, not to make this the episode of caveats, but, like, <laughs> I want to say we're going to kind of, like, walk through sort of, like, the ideal checklist. I have never in my adult life... With the exception of like doing this sort of deep clean of a kitchen in professional spaces where it's multiple people doing it at once. I've never tackled all of these spring cleaning tasks in one weekend by myself or even one like even one day, even one long weekend. So think about this list. Decide what actually matters to you on the list because you don't you absolutely do not have to do everything. And if you decide you want to tackle the whole list, think about how you can break it out into either like sections of your kitchen, depending on like how your kitchen is laid out or in tasks like this weekend, I'm going to use hot soapy water and wipe down everything on the outside. And that's going to be my first weekend task. And then maybe the next weekend you can like deep dive into the other things like clean, like organizing and cleaning the insides of cabinets and appliances. And I'm going to admit something. I actually don't even, I spread it out even more than you. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll go through all the cabinets with equipment and just like get everything out that I'm like, okay, that's a popcorn popter that I never use. I forgot we have it. Those are dishes that I don't need anymore. I can take them to the Salvation Army. I do that maybe once a year. And then I'll clean out the pantry maybe once a year too. But everything else on this list is stuff that I do that I just build into my regular routine. So, I mean, sometimes the things on this list can be spread out by like three months. Yes. I'll clean the sink very thoroughly with stainless steel cleaner in January. And then I'm not getting to something else on the list until like March or April. But I'm just keeping everything on a regular rotation. So I think that's important to point out that you can break out this work however you want. It just is, we have found that it is helpful to do all of this stuff at whatever pace, like about once a year or so, right? Do you think that's fair? I think that's fair. And I will say for most spaces in our house, like our closets or basements or the places where there's storage and things need to be gone through and assessed in that regard. I actually only do those spaces once a year. And I think what you're saying is, okay, if I'm feel this is maybe projecting, I'm feeling like my kitchen needs a deep clean right now. So I'm going to try to tackle all of this in a shorter period of time. But I really like what you're saying where it's like, If you could take these tasks and break them up over a quarter or even over six months, then you don't have to do, you don't even really have to do an annual deep clean. And I like that strategy. I don't. Yeah. I think I need a full reset right now and maybe not in every single like regard, but I think I need a full reset right now. And then I will be able to do more of like every six months kind of thing. Okay. So where do you start? I start and also other experts who are not me advise with doing the hot soapy water clean down, like wiping down all the outsides of cabinets, counters, backsplashes and appliances as like your very first step with a big emphasis on starting from the top down. So if you have cabinets that don't go all the way to the ceiling and you're doing like a big spring spring cleaning, especially if you have allergies, you have dogs and there's dog hair, like getting up on top of your counters and wiping down the top of your kitchen cabinets is very, very cathartic. (laughs) And, uh, and then working down from there till you get to the upper cabinets and then the backsplash and then the countertop and then the lower cabinets as a way to clean 
cabinets first. And it's not just particular, guys. When you start from the top, the dust, the dirt is going to drip down, it's going to fall down, it's going to wiggle down in all different ways. So it's a way of making sure that you don't dirty up an area you've already cleaned if you're working kind of haphazardly or from the bottom up. Yes. I've seen this great tip and I I haven't tried it mostly because we don't have cabinets that go all the way to the top of our ceiling, but it's such a small space because we sort of have like angle, like an A-frame angled-ish ceilings that I can't store anything up there. But I've seen people who like to, once they've cleaned it and like it's dried, they like to line those top of the cabinets with like parchment paper or wax paper or even newspaper so that that way, like that grease grime buildup that you sometimes see up there is easier to clean up the next time you go. Then you just throw away the newspaper, you do a little clean wipe down and reset the whole thing. I think that's kind of a clever tip. I love that. My cabinets go straight to the ceiling. Also, it's a little dated looking, to be completely honest, but they're uh, high gloss. So I wipe my cabinets down, either me or we have someone who, Susan, comes to the house every week and does cleaning. And it's funny because she recently came and I was like, Susan, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm going to go upstairs and do some cleaning stuff while you're downstairs because it's a mess here. She's like... it's not a mess here. Like, you don't know a mess. Like, she's she's seen. <laughs> also, she's, she's like, hello, seen I'm here stuff. every week. Don't she's insult seen, my. She has seen <laughs> some stuff. But we, between us, wipe down the cabinets every week. Yes. Just because if you don't, they like it on a high gloss, it really shows itself. So yeah. I don't do like a big wipe down. Like, that's happening on a regular basis. See, I... I think mining like the hot soapy water. We have wood cabinets and they're like kind of a dark finish and there's grain. So like it is easy to miss the dirt that's on them. But then this is, and this is probably a lot of the motivation, the light changes. So in the winter, like then it's starts to come in from a different window of the kitchen and like hits the bottom cabinets. And I'm like, Oh, those bottom cabinets need to be. Totally. Wipe down. Brian is really good when he's doing like the floors because he likes to do the floors pretty regularly. And if he's like dusting, he'll sometimes do like spot wiping down of like if he sees grease on the cabinets. But I think it needs like the true cleaning. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then this is what like this is where I might have a strong opinion the other way, which is Hmm. all the experts say then the the, this is very broad. Then the next step is to clean the insides of all the cabinets. I find that very overwhelming uh, because does that mean like I have to pull everything out of like all my cabinets and wipe them down? And like, there's no way that I could do that for every single cabinet in my kitchen in one weekend, like pull every small appliance, pull every jar of flour out and like wipe everything down. So this is definitely one of those like where I kind of disagree slash I would just tackle it in a different way of like now I'm going to work in zones or in sections and like pull things out, organize, assess, clean, put things back and restock. Do you have a strong opinion about like how often do you yeah, clean out your cabinets? Insane. <laughs> totally insane. So in Brooklyn, the cabinet space is fairly limited. It would not be overwhelming. But in general, what I'm realizing is that these big, massive cleaning projects in the kitchen really do overwhelm me. So I I don't like I, I would say maybe once every six or nine months, I will wipe down maybe even around stuff, I'm definitely never taking everything out of my cabinets. No. Whether in zones or all at once. Like that just isn't happening. Also, because our storage space is small, I'm not one of those people who has like this set of dishes, our everyday dishes, our fancy dishes, our other everyday dishes, and melamine. Like we've got, I'm going to tell you this, this is actually a little embarrassing. Our everyday dishes are our dishes. And then like very high up, I have like one set of special occasion dishes, which I don't even freaking use. The dishes are everyday dishes. We got when Mike and I got married <laughs> like over 20 years ago, all through our kids, things are breaking. 
There are some days I've just been thinking like I need a new set of dishes. Like I need to like there are some days where literally every plate is in the dishwasher and I'll use that opportunity because I will unload Mike and I like trade off mornings with the boys and the routine is get them breakfast, unload the dishwasher, feed the dog. Like that's what we do. And I'm like, oh, I see that the place where the plates are is totally empty right now. And I'll just get like a damp paper towel, maybe hot soapy water. Depends. It really doesn't get that dirty, to be honest. Yeah. And I'll just like wipe down in there. I do feel differently about cabinet space with food. Okay. That I do clean more frequently. Like how frequently? That's a good question. This is a as we go kind of thing. I would say if you forced me to come up with an average, I would say I wipe down at least like once every two months. Okay. There. I think that's a great average. You know, so like the boys keep snacks like they're freaking animals. It's insane. Popcorn bag literally scrunched as though you were going to put it into the garbage can, except there's still popcorn in there. And then you just literally throw it into the snack drawer. Like that's how they keep things. So a lot of snack debris all the time. And then I'm a little bit uh, particular about my spice drawer too. And like when you're moving fast, sometimes you'll just like throw a spice in and maybe it isn't closed all the way. And some of the garlic powder will seep out. So, um, It'll be staggered. Like one night I'll realize like my spice drawer feels a little bit more chaotic than I like it to feel. And, you know, dinner's cooking or it's a Saturday morning and everybody's still sleeping and I'll just take out all the spices, wipe it down and put them back in a nice organized way. And then another day, like after school, when I happen to be around when Oliver comes home and I see the snack drawer is a mess, I'll be like, ugh. Let's just take this all out. Like, I'll have him help me and I'll throw away half empty things, empty boxes that have been sitting there. So, again, it's a clean as you go. I am not emptying everything out of my regular drawers or cabinets, rather. Anything with plates, cups. But I am taking everything out of the food pantry cabinets. And I also will take everything out of the drawers with silverware and cooking utensils because my prep counter is right above that. And so I find that like food will drop in there like little bits, like nothing gross. Yeah. But like every other month or so. Okay. Two things that came out of what you're saying that I think are important. Food, because it has a shelf life, even like our pantry stable stuff, going through that at least every six months, like specifically talking about pantry stuff, spices we can dive into a little bit more is actually a, like a good, like food safety, food economy thing. Like you want to use things up before they go bad. And so I do think those are actually the only cabinets like that you do have to clean with some regularity. I like, I, I agree with you that like, I don't think my other cabinets where I just have like dishes and glassware stored ever get dirty enough to like really require a totally. deep cleaning. But like you're saying about the drawers is like when something becomes visibly dirty, like you, we all know what it looks like when you have like breadcrumbs in your utensil drawer or like in the silverware drawer, then that is like the, an okay cue to clean out those drawers. And again, not to like beat a dead horse, but you can do any of these in like small parts and pieces like you could do it after school one day or do it on a Saturday morning when you have time I also want to say that like we give the advice a lot Stacy you and I that you should be going through your spice cabinet like right before all the big holiday cooking so like if you did that in like October November December I know it's been six months from since then but like your spice cabinet is probably good Totally. Maybe it's time to focus on like just the regular food pantry. And then I would also address anything that's like causing pain points for you. I have one drawer in particular. It is the drawer where all my air quotes baking equipment lives. Like my scale is in there, my measuring cups, measuring spoons, um, all my scoop cookies, scoops live. But then there's also just like weird in there like a squeezy little pizza dispenser that bonza sent in a PR yeah. package <laughs> and like a ball of twine that I maybe use twice a year to like trust a turkey and I'm like why is this in one of my most val- most valuable drawers so like I'm gonna tackle that because I current like 
it's hard to get it open and closed because there's like a little strainer that gets stuck every time. And like, I need to eliminate, that is a goal for me is like eliminating that pain point in doing a kitchen clean out. And I think you're bringing up a good point too, whether you knew it or not, is that there's always going to be a junk drawer, right? Like that's okay. Like there can be a place that isn't completely optimized. Like we're not living in a home edit world where every single thing is exactly in its place. But thinking about the things you don't need as much and making that like making one drawer or one cabinet. I have one cabinet that's kind of hard to get to, but it's big and it has a pull out like the instead of it just being a static and empty cabinet, it's like a tray that I can roll out. So I literally put everything that gives me a problem that I don't use often in there. It's like the once a year cabinet. Totally. And when yes. I do have to go in there, my stand mixer is in there. When I do have to go in there, I'm annoyed. I'm like, but oh, she's my I have to organize this kitchen scale. I'm moving that out of the way. I'm moving my like bench scraper out of the way because these are not things that I use and I'm annoyed. But it's once a year instead of putting the bench scraper and the scale all in a place that makes sense to some like arbitrary organizational system. But then being in the way, because I barely use it, I put all the stuff I barely use in my one problematic cabinet. <laughs> and that works for me, honestly. Yes, yes. Okay, cabinets. We, I mean, we did a whole episode about how to clean out your pantry and probably we should. But I want to also talk about appliances because cleaning and organizing experts say like when you're spring cleaning is a good time to clean the insides of all of your appliances. My neighbor recently revealed to me, he was talking to us about our dishwasher, which I was like, why are you asking me about this? He, I was like, oh yeah, it's like, it came with the house. It's like an older model and like it cleans pretty well, but probably once every couple of months we have to fully take the like drain and the catch, the food catch out and like pretty deep clean them is because it gets stinky and it stops cleaning as well. How do you do it? Like, What's the process? Uh, it's two pieces that we can take out. Yeah. So generally I, I take them out can, right? yeah, yeah, and put it in like hot soapy water. And then we have an older bottle brush because it's like, it's like, did you ever in your like cooking or restaurant career have to clean out a grease trap? Yeah, totally. Yes. Ugh. And it's like, a weird gray sludge because yeah. it's just mm-hmm. like a buildup of... And it's really hard to get off. It's really hard to get off. So it, I ha- that is like what lives on those pieces of the dishwasher. So like hot, hot soapy water and then like an older bottle brush because I don't like using our daily use bottle brush because it's hard to clean. And then typically we also wipe it out with like hot soapy water because there's another little part near the door that sometimes gets that sludge in it and contributes to the odor. And then we will run it with a cup of vinegar in a measuring cup in the top of the dishwasher. And then like with all the parts replaced, I should say, like we've cleaned the parts and then we're running everything with the the vinegar. But my sweet neighbor was like, oh, you have to clean your dishwasher. And I was like, you do. It's like a dish. Like I think my brother made that joke. Like the things that wash, they also need to be cleaned, like your washer and your dishwasher. I think a lot of people don't know that you have to wash it. And I'm going to admit that I don't wash mine very often. Yes, Sometimes I, it goes, I go over a year and I don't I wash it. I would not do it as frequently if it weren't for we can see that it's like we can smell yeah. it. It gets stinky. And then also that we can like see it's cleaning less efficiently. Totally. Well, that's that is also my trigger. But our dishwasher is relatively new. We had a dishwasher that broke two years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I guess two years. We had to get it replaced during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And I remember it was like highly stressful. I think if you have a new modern dishwasher, just if you can get on an annual schedule, I think that's fine. I don't know what experts say. This is what Stacy says. And if it's like, you know, just look for when it's not cleaning as efficiently with the same routine, like the same pods or soap that you use. That's a good trigger. I think the expert advice for all things like washer, dryers, your refrigerator is like every three to four months. And like it should be when it when there's visible dirt on it or it's like not cleaning as efficiently. Stacy. 
Stacy, I don't know about you, but I've been in a major spring cleaning mode, including purging and organizing my closet. I'm putting away winter sweaters and donating things that don't work for me anymore, but I'm so excited to be pulling out some of my favorite items from Quince to put back into rotation. Totally. I love the pieces that I bought from Quince last year, too. And neither of us should really be surprised. We love Quince for their quality. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Which means I can actually add some pieces back to my closet after my spring clear out. I love the linen pants and top I got last season so much, but my next purchase is one of Quince's gorgeous 100% washable silk skirts. Oh, that's so pretty. And the best part, all Quince items from silk to 14 karat gold are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. That's why I snagged my favorite oversized cashmere boyfriend cardigan from Quince instead of any other brand. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get free shipping and 365-day returns. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone. Even our last minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with Byheart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is Byheart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like an early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. Okay, what's next? Okay, so all the big appliances, but then, and I actually really like this, I never do it. It's like small appliances. When is the last time you've like assessed your Instant Pot for cleaning it on the outside or your... I'm a little weird. I clean it like every so often. Okay. I would say I probably clean it like once every... 10 uses maybe it's often after I cook rice in it Mm -hmm. because the steam that comes out of rice has some of the starch in it too. It's releasing starch and it goes and then it drops on your lid. Yes. And in the little ridge. Yeah. In the little ridge and it drives me crazy. I find it gross and I can't deal with it. So I, will 
Usually, like if I'm feeling really crazy, I'll get like a Q-tip, but I'll just take like a paper towel, really hot, soapy, and then like roll it up so that it's really thin, almost like a Q-tip and just kind of keep running it through. Or I'll take the bottle brush and do a run it through. But like, I'm talking the appliance itself, not the insert. Yes. Right. I think we need to be clear that I'm like cleaning the insert of my Instant Pot and my slow cooker with every use. But like... Not necessarily the outside. Yeah. Right. And then the buttons and then the top. And then I try to replace the seal. I don't know, maybe once a year, like when it starts to stink. I do a lot of curries and a lot of like food that has strong odor in my Instant Pot, I feel like. So I'll replace those. But I do try to do that inside of the microwave. uh, Wipe down once a week for sure and clean the plate once a week for sure. Air fryer, I clean with every use, but also I have one of those air fryers that it's entirely nonstick and I literally can just drop things in it. And then the little grids, you just pull them off and they go in the dishwasher. If I had one that was a little bit more like an oven, you know, the ones that have the wire racks and then you can put little mini sheet pantries, I think it would be different. Yeah. But my air fryer Mm -hmm. is really easy to clean. Toaster, never. I know that this is on the list. Though. Never, never. <laughs> Every once in a while, I feel like Oliver's been like, what's burning? I'm like, oh, that's like the loaf of crumbs in the tray <laughs> that's setting fire. Oh, my God. It is so piled up. Yes. Okay. So small appliances, whether they live in the pantry or they pantry, that's where I store mine. Whether they live in a cabinet or on your counter, they need to get cleaned probably once a year and assess like, are, is everything functional? Do you need to replace the ring on your instant pot, the seal, because it's like not sealing as tightly. It's a good time to like look at things that need to be updated. Also, I don't do this, but it's on the list is like all your other counter accoutrement. I have a thing of all of our wooden utensils and I can't tell you the last time I just like pulled those all out and like cleaned that container. I'm feeling weird. I just admitted this on air. Wait. So I think about this often because upstate I keep one at like I have a marble container that has all like the spoons and the tongs and it's everything right there. And like we'll leave and we'll come back two weeks later and I'll cook and I'm just grabbing that spoon that's been sitting out basically for two weeks. And then I'll be like, that's really gross what I did. Like there's probably dust on it or what? Like it's just been out. I see. I don't, it's not that it's that there's like the inside outside that I like never touch the spoons. I think I go through and maybe it's different because like you're not upstate quite as frequently as like my daily like yeah. there are some there probably are some that have been just sitting in there unused for like yeah months. and then you'll just grab it and then I'll just grab it and eat it, it I don't soup. know <laughs> which is funny because other little like counter surfaces like I would call it an altar because I don't know another yeah thank you. Wor- word for it but like where my olive oil my salt my pepper yep. my butter whatever vinegars I'm into live on my counter that gets cleaned like wiped down once a week in our regular cleanup and like the tray of dish soap by the sink that gets cleaned up but like that crock of wooden spoons (laughs) like the kitchen timer that i use i don't know when the last time those were this is what i mean my kitchen might need a cleanup so it's interesting you know what it's making me think of is that i recently we have two bathrooms in our house one the boys share and i recently went in there and saw on the outside that the little like mini crock, I don't know what you call it, where Isaac keeps his toothpaste and toothbrush and like he throws a razor in there, whatever. It was dirty. So I was like, oh, like I pulled everything out and I'm wiping around the outside. I'm washing it with hot water. And then I looked inside because no one, I just don't go in there. You, you toothbrush, like he just put his toothbrush, like day after day after day. It was so upsetting to me. And I like stopped my entire day and dedicated it it. to, yes, (laughs) to cleaning the toothbrush holder. And you're totally right. I bet you the crock that holds the spoons is similar. Not nearly as gross because come on. Yeah. We're not 16 year old boys. No, but 
but it definitely has like crumbs and stuff in it. So it needs, yeah. a, it okay. needs a good clean out. And then, right. okay. okay, last step, as you were, is like cleaning the floors, giving them a proper like mop, sweep and mop. That happens, Girl, not the mopping part, but it happens you know. so often in my Me house. Me too. Me too. That's like the one way Brian and I are extremely aligned. Yes. And this is where I'm going to reveal my own like hangups around cleaning is like, I would probably, again, because I'm not going to do this all at once, but even if I was doing it once, I can't imagine cleaning all my cabinets with hot soapy water and then not also cleaning the floor. And then I can't imagine like cleaning out all of my cupboards and like the debris that's going to fall off onto the floor and then like not also cleaning the floor after that. So there's just like a lot of floor cleaning in my idealized version of spring cleaning the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, we have black floors, which is the stupidest decision we ever made because it shows everything. I mean, we sweep daily, but I will say that when we, when I clean out the food pantry, for sure, I end up sweeping. Mm -hmm. It's a very small area, so it's not a very big deal, but like there's tons of crumbs that fall out. And then we mop once a week. Susan mops once a week. And then I spot mop in between. Instead of bringing up the whole mop and bucket, I'll use like a soapy towel or hot water towel because grease, the, you know, water juice drips from Oliver pouring a huge glass of apple cider after school. All of that shows on the floor and it drives me crazy. So at the end of almost every single night, I get on my hands and knees with a little towel and I wipe up my kitchen floor. Again, just, it's a very small area. I just saw on Instagram, I sent it to Brian actually because mobility is really important to him. It should be important to all of us. But that basically said like how good it is for you to get down on the floor to spot clean because and specifically not hands and knees, but sort of like crouching because um, it improves like your hip mobility Squats. and that position totally. is really good for you. So that's my only thing I would say is like, maybe you need to be instead of hands and knees, maybe you need to be Girl, more squatty position or just like I mix it up. Every week. But actually you're bringing up a good point in terms of accessibility that it can be really hard for some people to get down on their hands and knees or to squat for long periods of time. So uh, I would love for us to get someone who could talk to us about accessibility when it comes to cooking and cleaning in the kitchen and just moving around the kitchen, like, because there must be specific tools that help. Yes. We did talk about tools in our one weird cleaning episode that we like, but is there <laughs> anything else you want to add like yeah about how to feed your family while you're spring cleaning or about tools yeah I mean I think just keep it easy like I it was funny because we do have a list a short list of products that we were going to mention and like I don't I do think it's important to remember that cleaning doesn't need to cost a lot of money that dish soap detergent water, hot water, <laughs> all do the job. You know, if you have a stainless steel cooktop, sure, stainless steel wipes work. So it is Windex, sodas, water, and soap. Like, you don't really need anything special. White vinegar is a really handy thing to have on hand to just disinfect and help clean. Um, I don't know. I, my grandmother used to use old school, like bleach. I never My mom used. is a bleach and pine saw. Like she comes to our house to visit and she's like, I will clean, but we, you must have full strength bleach and pine saw. I don't ever hand. use bleach. Do you? Only in one of our bathrooms because of the tile. Like it's really hard to get it looking clean and bleach is the only thing. That helps. I will every once in a while, like maybe once a year, bleach out the kitchen sink. Just like a ugh, like clean, yeah. clean, clean, because a lot of bacteria sits there. But also, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the brand. You guys, I'll put it in the show notes. But a kitchen sink cleaner, that's just basically baking soda is another good one. Like yeah. baking soda that smells good that you just activate with water and it has some soap in there too. And that does the job and like shines it up and makes me feel like it's disinfected. Yes. I think that that's like 
what you're saying is such a good point of like for anything there is like a highbrow newfangled product like I could probably buy dishwasher cleaning tabs instead of like taking everything apart and cleaning it with hot soapy water and vinegar but hot soapy water is what I have on hand and I'm like not going to go out and spend money totally. on a special thing I totally to don't just think get that it clean. it's worth it and I will say that for me a part of spring cleaning that might not be for everybody is also restocking. That's the joyful part of this, like getting everything in order and then restocking. Maybe it's the maximalist in me coming out again. But, you know, when everything's cleaned out and the cabinets are organized again, like being like, OK, let me buy two packages of pasta this week, like two spaghettis, two cut pastas. I'm out of black beans instead of buying buying black beans just for this week's meal, I'll buy two cans, one for this week's meal and another just to have on hand. So I recognize that this is a privilege that I'm not shopping for my food paycheck to paycheck. So for me, having that helps me feel happiness in the kitchen because it allows me to, as someone who likes to cook and recipe develop, it allows me to improvise more freely to have some options on hand. So doing like a nice little restock is very satisfying for me too. Yes. And you did. Okay. Listen, I love a treaty. I need to be bribed to do the most basic, (laughs) the most basic tasks. I need to be bribed to do them. So I actually really like this idea that like at the end of cleaning, there is an opportunity to restock. And some of the things you're talking about is like it's it's not a huge budget buster, like buy the pasta that you really want, like that special cut or buy a nicer bottle of olive oil than your everyday thing. Like there's lots of ways that you can reward yourself for the hard work of maintaining your kitchen space, which is the hardest working place in your whole entire house. Totally. I mean, for me, restocking, buying a bunch of extraneous stuff when my space isn't organized ends up feeling like chaos. It's not as fun. Yeah. Like I don't get the joy out of like, oh, I bought that little like artisanal sauce that looks so delicious. I'm like, oh, there's no room. And it actually stresses me out. So it's like it is the payoff of having an organized space, which is very specific to the way my brain works, too, probably. Right. But that is a huge part of it. What did we miss for you? Anything? I think we've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes. But like if you need a reset, it's okay to do pizza and drive through and all the other things that are easy to feed your family while you're in the midst of doing these big projects. A lot of times we'll do like a snack platter because that's something I can throw together even if that the pantry is pulled apart for like lunches. And then we're not creating like a ton more dishes. I love that. You can also use up the stuff that you want to get rid of, but you don't want to toss because it's actually good. Yeah. Smart. And that's actually like a really good point because we mentioned like your pantry stuff does have a shelf life. Just a reminder that like your food bank or your free community fridge is not the place to get rid of expired or near expired food. Like they need food that's still fresh. But if you find you bought something aspirationally, like for example, I bought aspirational microwave breakfast cups for my family and they do not want to eat them. And so they're still good, but I'm going to make room in my pantry for something else. Those are the kinds of things that you can clear out and donate. So they're still good to eat. They're just not fitting our family right now. One last thing. We didn't talk on the fridge, but I really have always encouraged people to think about their fridge and their freezer as an extension of their pantry. And I know that that basically makes the scope of this project even bigger. So again, it doesn't have to be all at once. It doesn't. But I wipe down, unlike my cabinets, I wipe down the inside of my fridge almost every single week. Right. When you're restocking. Yep. Yep. And I tend to like I don't have a ton of things hanging out in my fridge from week to week to week. It's a lot of like fresh produce that hopefully gets used up and meat that gets used up or popped into the freezer. So there is a lot of space at the end of my week to really like wipe it down and do a fairly thorough clean. And if you get in the habit of this, you never have to do an intense clean. But when you're cleaning out your cabinet, Think about your freezer because things like nuts and flowers, 
anything that you're not using frequently, but you don't want to waste money, you have a five pound sack of flour, it it will go rancid. Like it's not something you can just pop into your cabinet, your pantry and like leave forever and ever. So think about how you might put some of this stuff in your freezer. And again, if the way that we're thinking isn't working for your brain, I do want to refer you back to the episode with Casey Davis. She threw in a hot tip there that I thought was pretty genius, which is that for her brain, the way she organized the fridge is that she puts all of her produce, I think this is what it was, right, on the side shelves where a lot of people say you should put your condiments because she needs to see the produce to know to use it. And then condiments are specific in her type of cooking where she like, if she needs ketchup, she knows that she needs ketchup and she has it. So she doesn't need to see the condiments all the time. And she pops those, just piles them into the produce drawer. So like really when it comes to organizing your cabinets, your fridge, Really think about what works for you and don't be afraid to break the rules. That's it. That's the whole episode. Uh, Don't be afraid to break the rules. I'm sure that our wonderful listeners community is going to have more to contribute, more ideas. They're going to tell us all the cleaning that they're not going to do, even if it's on this list or what works for them. We hope that you've joined us there. If not, join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. There you can also find all the details about becoming a supporting member of the podcast and get those bonus episodes, meal plans, direct access to us and all that good stuff. Follow us on Instagram where we are at didn't I just feed you a huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy and I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to didn't I just feed you wherever you're listening and don't forget to rate and review. 